The GameCube is Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube is Cool to find our $1 and $5 a month tiers. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $5 level. I Rebel, Dean Donian, Jed Winters, Joey Sirico, Resident Evil Collector on Instagram, Link, Marty Thompson, Double Ugly, Bendito, Benito, AJ Olson 11, Cube Dude, Bogus Lotus, Doomerzan782, and Jude Hanlon. The GameCube, GameCube was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Anyways, Mike, uh, do you think that every diamond in the Babar universe is a blood diamond or j- just the ones that like Babar's family use? It must be because Babar has a tremendous amount of power. He, he bought that power. But oh, we're live now, Neil. Oh, that's awkward. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. Got a very important opening topic today to talk about something I'm very passionate about, and that's uh, fridge magnets. <laughs> but more specifically, I want to talk to you about fruit shaped fridge magnets. Wh- where do these come from? Who buys them? And uh, where can I get them? Yeah, where can I see the origin story for fruit yeah. magnets? Uh, we all know the ones. Every I feel like every household that has people who live there who are over like 50 years old uh, have somehow purchased these fruit magnets or maybe were they were hand-me-downs at some point. Definitely. Uh, and what we're talking about is there's like the banana one, there's the grape one, there's a the strawberry one, the orange slice. <laughs> and they're kind of like these 3D plastic looking uh, uh magnets that 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 kind of pop out on the fridge uh i swear i've seen them at every household for years and years somehow they always keep popping up uh, i had them personally at my grandmother's house uh, or my grandparents house they had it uh on the ma- on the fridge and i used to play with them all the time because this is what you do when you're six years old i guess of course yeah <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah it just uh i, I it struck me because someone mentioned that the other day and i was like yeah, fruit magnets, because they were like, oh, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, of course I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's the universal language. Here's my problem with fridge magnets and mm. magnets in general is that there's so, there's such a small window of opportunity to use a magnet in your life. It's mostly just your fridge when you're an adult. Yep. When you're when you're a kid or a teenager, you have a very short window of being able to use a locker Depending on your school, some of those lockers were magnetized, not all of them. I remember some people having magnets in their lockers, but it's a very small door there. And then once you're out of high school, you only have, it's years before you own a fridge. But in between that, I guess, gap, you don't have any magnets, really. You have no need for them. I feel like I need more magnetic surfaces in my life to, like, take advantage of. I love magnets. Like, I think that they're, you know, they're cool. You got them in souvenir shops or whatever. There's always thousands of them, every souvenir shop you yep, go to. but. Yep. You only have so much fridge space. I feel like my my future home, my dream home is to have like four refrigerators and two freezers so that I can have all this space to, to buy all of these novelty magnets that I would love to own but have no use for. Clearly, you just have to use them on the washer and dryer in your home. <laughs> I'll, I'll put them on my computer just to screw up the hard drive. That'll, that'll work. <laughs> that'll work. That, nothing good will go wrong with that. <laughs> Everybody recommends that. Mike, you've been traveling recently, though, so I think that it's time that we uh, revisit the uh, the segment of what have you been playing recently. So did you play any interesting video games while you were uh, flying about North America? Uh, well, I was playing a little bit of Mario uh, Superstar, the party, uh, the the new Mario Party what? game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, like new that came out, I guess, a, a year ago or so. I was the- I was trying to like see how I could do against master CPUs. 
Okay. And, uh, you know, like there's like easy, medium, hard master. They just roll six every time. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. really good. Yeah, <laughs> it's very hard. <laughs> uh, I did end up beating Daisy, who was the master uh, on that. I think if I played three masters, I wouldn't win. But I made one of the master and the other two hard. Uh, mm. I beat her thanks to Wario. Came up big, stole a star from her last minute. Oh, good. Uh, even though he was at zero stars and everyone else was at four, so that was huge. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's classic Mario uh, Mario Party rules. That's the one where it's like the collection of N sixty four or the best ofs, right? That's yeah. kind of the yeah, it's that one. Greatest hits. Okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, I've been playing that, or I was playing that on the plane to, to kill some time. Um, mm-hmm. Miles Morales, you loaned me that, so thank you very much. Spider-Man Miles Morales. I finished Sweet. the game. I am trying to go for the Platinum. Uh, it's um, uh, I, I stopped playing a little bit, but i got to get back into it and, and, and get that Platinum. It's pretty easy, and I'm already at, like, 85% for the trophy. Like, I only nice. need to beat the, the game on New Game Plus, and... I think at the 100 combos, which was the hard one you were talking about, Yeah. Uh, which is just dodging. I just have to – I got to 75, and then I got hit. I yeah, like, that ah. sucks. You got like a bullet or whatever. It's like, ah, crap. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm glad that you're enjoying it, though. It is like a slow burn platinum. It's very easy. It's a very yeah. mindless game. I'm sure the next Spider-Man game will be very similar to that. Um, but you got to play Miles Morales before jumping into Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. So is that about it for you? For new games you've been playing? I've been playing a little bit of Pokemon Go as I uh, mm. as uh, you know started in like September of this year again and uh, play it whenever I can. Uh, uh, good for going on walks, but it's cool now. So Pokemon Go is going to die probably a little bit for me. Yeah, yeah. Every every Canadian, everybody living in North America, especially Buffalo, we're now down to fifty steps a day. That's the uh, that'll be our average now until March, which is totally fine. I've been playing a. a quite a few more games than that actually i guess recently nice. which is kind of weird for me but not like actively trying to beat games more just like yeah, i'll chip away at this i've been playing a lot of uh I, I was playing a lot of the spongebob movie game i think last time we talked about this maybe but i was trying to get 100 percent in that but i am now like just too side too distracted by other games right now there's too many good games coming out so i'll probably jump back into that at some point but uh other gamecube games i've been playing i picked up batman begins recently which has been a really fun game to play it's awesome we covered that game I don't know, a year ago, a year and a half ago when we covered Batman games, it feels like. So uh, that was one of the games that really stood out to me as a as a solid game. And it's fun. Like, it's a really cool game. And you can definitely see where the Arkham series came from. Like when you play that game, it's got definitely like vibes of Arkham uh, Arkham Asylum. Yep. Yep. Not nearly that good, but uh, there's like little bits and pieces where it's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of like Arkham. It's kind of cool. Picked up a really neat little indie game on Switch recently. Mini Metro. This game is so cool uh if anybody follows us on instagram you probably saw a few weeks ago i was i was posting a bunch of pictures of uh a little subway map on my switch and uh that's what that game was you literally just design a subway map uh you you can go to all the major cities around the world uh i don't think toronto's there actually but you got and that's fine uh our subway system sucks (laughs) i know that's why i want to do it (laughs) i want to redesign it the game is too realistic we couldn't possibly make a good subway system in toronto (laughs) Uh, but, you know, you got like Berlin and Paris and London and Hong Kong and a bunch of others. Uh, you can unlock cities and everything, and it gets incredibly hard. I think the game is easier on PC. Uh, just being able to play with a mouse uh, is way better than a cursor. So I'll chalk it up to the Switch just having, you know, it's a joystick, so it's hard to move. You actually do need to, like, make quick moves later on in the game, which you wouldn't think is a thing in a train sim, uh, but it is. So right. wasted a bunch of hours on that game. I think you would love it. I'm going to uh, bring my Switch over next time we hang out. Yes. So you can try it. I think I think once you play it, I think you're going to get addicted real quick. Uh, very easy to get addicted to that. And uh, for my birthday a few weeks ago, I got It Takes Two on PS4. So me and my fiance just started playing that last night. 
really fun co-op game. It's an, I don't know if you've heard of it or played that game before, Mike, but it's a really neat like puzzle platformer that you have to play with two people. Yeah, I've definitely heard of it. One game of the year last year, uh, and it looks like such a fun time. I'm really glad it's on Switch now uh, as well. So yeah, I'll also be picking that up probably pretty soon. Uh, I, I played a way out earlier this year with uh, some of our friends uh, from back home, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, mm. And it was kind of a silly, <laughs> silly time playing it. It was like you know, it was a, a kind of a dark, real story, but uh, you could yep. do some crazy stuff in it. And I honestly really, really enjoyed it. So, uh, couch co-op games are a lot of fun, especially two-player games like that. I hope we get more of them as time goes on. Yeah. yeah, more of them. And I love when like the good ones really stand out. Like this one is on everybody's top ten list. It won some game of the years last year, I think. So highly recommended. I I really like it. Can't wait to play more of it. But. That's all I've been playing recently. Quite a few games from me, uh, surprisingly, which has been nice. I've been enjoying playing some video games, but uh, I'm going to be enjoying playing some new Mario Kart 8 courses in a in a few short weeks, Mike. We got a, a big announcement just recently about uh, some new tracks coming to us. Yeah, speaking of couch co-op, great game for that, obviously. <laughs> uh, and another conspicuous thing here, Neil, no GameCube tracks. So uh, I'll list out some of the highlights here basically the ones that aren't from the mobile app. Uh, Maple Treeway, I love that chorus, and I love the music from the mm-hmm. Wii. Uh, 3DS Rainbow Road. I know you didn't, uh, I didn't play uh, the 3DS game Mario Kart 7, but you played it. I did. Rainbow Road on the 3DS is my favorite Rainbow Road course of yes. all the Mario Kart games, so I am. So, I was so excited to see <laughs> that one announced. I, I can't wait to play that one. I hope that they keep it the same. I know that the, the N64 Rainbow Road was shortened quite a bit, which was probably necessary, but I don't think yeah. that there was any changes really needed for the 3DS version. So can't wait to play that on Switch. Can't wait to see it on beautiful HD on my TV. That's going to be a lot of fun. going to be so much fun, my God. Yeah. Uh, and Game Boy Advance, Boo Lake. Game Boy Advance, a tough way to play Mario Kart. Yeah. Uh, and Boo Lake is a cool course. I'm glad that got on there. Peach Gardens for DS. I played mm-hmm. this one a lot, and I'm very good at this one. I remember... Mm. Go, I remember uh, Trying to beat the time trial ghosts all the time on that one, so sure. I'm going to be excited to play that. And uh, and yeah, other than that, it's uh, three other tour co- courses, Mario Kart Tour, the mobile app game. So yeah, we yeah. don't have any more GameCube. So Neil, I'm pretty convinced we're getting some kind of special Double Dash content coming up. It's getting really weird that we've had now three packs of the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe uh, game come out and no Double Dash courses from my recent memory, I think, on there. There's still only a handful of Double Dash courses in the entire game, so I don't know what they're going to do with it. Like, I don't know why they're not putting them in Deluxe. Like, I, it would be so weird to have that separate skew of a Double Dash remake or something come out while this is also going on, so... It would be the weirdest thing if they have two Mario Kart games out at the same time. Uh, it's, it's Nintendo, though, so who knows? I know. It's... Maybe, <laughs> maybe it'll be like a Double Dash pack that gets added on to That's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is probably what it's going to be, a Double Dash mode, which we've talked about before in the past, will be introduced, which, hey, I'm all for that, too. I don't need another box to go buy, another Mario Kart game to go buy. I, I'm all for just all the Double Dash. Give me all the Double Dash courses at once. Give me the ability to play with two players at once. Like, let's go. Like, that would be so cool. But yeah, it's getting to be a little suspicious that we just got this new pack announced and not any talk of Double Dash courses, but lots of that app game, man. I don't know. 
yeah, that's fine. I mean, might as well make it into a real Mario Kart game, I guess, in that sense. But, uh, sure. Neil, I think it's time to move on to another favorite segment of ours. It's time for the mail Mailbag! Bag. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to write into the show and be featured on our Mailbag segment, you can do so by writing in on any social media platform that you follow us on. You can also leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. We will read your message on the podcast, just like Mike, who wrote into us today. We have uh, Talbot, who wrote in to us today, uh, who wrote in after the Batten Kaitos episode and said, another great episode. I was waiting for this one. Near the end, you mentioned wanting to possibly play BK colon E-W-A-T-L-O, which is uh, the Batten Kaitos. Everyone one. calls it that, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he, he says, even as uh, an initialism, it's hilariously long. Um, I, I recently beat it. And one big piece of advice, change the sound to surround. In the settings, it works fine on a stereo config. This fixes the low audio quality, but unfortunately doesn't fix the voice acting, which is something I eventually fell in love with. Congrats so far on the podcast. Cheers. Thank you, Talbot. Yeah, I audio is something I don't think I have ever adjusted in a video game. I don't think I have either, but that's one that I, you definitely wouldn't need to because it just sounded such garbage. Like, yeah. he, like he's right. Like, it's one thing having the voice acting be corny or whatever. It's another yeah. thing when you just have bad audio quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's just one of those things, though, that, like, as soon as a game starts up, I just assume the default settings are fine. Sure, like, yeah, I, yeah. Like, why would you think otherwise? <laughs> uh, unless it's, like, too loud, maybe. Like, sometimes I'll turn down the game sound effects or the game music because sometimes that mixing is wrong but i would never think to uh adjust the stereo configuration uh for the soundtrack so that's really cool so anybody out there playing batten kaitos in 2022 there's a tip for you thank you so much talbot mm -hmm. next we have tristan con from apple podcast us the gamecube is cool the gamecube was cool podcast is one of my favorites i did not grow up with the gamecube but this podcast is the reason why i bought a gamecube yes. and i've been listening pretty much every week since the shrek episode <laughs> nice <laughs> I love the reviews for Wind Waker, Metroid Prime, and Hit and Run, but there are so many good ones here. But I am playing through Prime right now and loving it, and I have Mike and Neil to thank for pushing me to get a GameCube by their awesome experiences and interviews with others on the show and interesting and sometimes random facts about these games. Just wanted to write in before the GameCube library has been fully covered. This is a great podcast for anyone who loves video games. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you, Tristan Khan. And, uh, and I love that they basically pointed out three of our best episodes for sure. Mm -hmm. Wind Waker, Metroid Prime, and Hit and Run. And, uh, and somehow got them into it from the Shrek episode, which was also a fun episode. We've had someone else write in about that, how they were looking for like yeah, a, right. a, Shrek, a Shrek soundtrack or something, and they found us. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you, Shrek SEO, for helping hey, us out. <laughs> whatever whatever works, man. Whatever works. Thank you, Tristan. That's awesome. Hopefully, you find lots more GameCube games. And not to worry, we are close to the end of the library, but you have not heard The Last of Us. We need to start getting a uh, commission on GameCube sales, honestly. Right? It's, it's getting a little ridiculous here. But uh, well. <laughs> Alexander R. writes to us on Instagram and says, Hey, guys, big fan of the pod. Got into it through my good... Good pal Ryan of Game Punks. We love Game Punks. Uh, mm -hmm. I listen to it all the time at my graphic design job. Hey. Uh, and I love hearing about my favorite games from a new perspective. Also, love me some Nightfire. Used to play it with my best friend along with some good beer and good pizza in my early 20s. I got it for $1 from EB Games back in yes. the day. $1 yes. for Nightfire? Wow. Scoop it up. Everybody pick up Nightfire wherever you are, however much it is. <laughs> it's never more than $15 for some weird reason. So $1 is an absolute steal. That's awesome. I love how Nightfire seems to bring so many GameCube fans and just gamers from the 2000s together. Yeah. It's just amazing. So 
Thank you so much, Alexander. That is awesome. But Mike, that's enough from the mailbag. I think our uh, we are now all out of letters, all out of physical letters. That yeah. bag is empty. Yeah, it only holds three letters. We need to get a bigger bag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking that from Santa this year. Oh, okay. That's a, yeah. Maybe we can just get Santa's bag of toys or whatever. Just take whatever the hell he uses. But yeah. uh, I think that it's time that we jump into today's episode. What do you say? Let's do it, Neil. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 120 of the GameCube of School podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are the number one GameCube podcast on the internet. We're here to look back on all 555 North American GameCube games, one by one, sometimes 12 by 12. So far, we have covered 527 games. You can visit thegamecubeofschool.com to check out all the things we've been working on. The website was developed by our very own Mike Lane. And Rockman. Ooh, Rockman, that's very good. And Rollman, nonetheless. <laughs> Last week, we covered Mary-Kate and Ashley, Hello Kitty, and Bratz games on the GameCube. If you haven't already, go back and check it out. This week, we are talking about Mighty Kid. Nope. Knuckle Kid. Nope. Rainbow <laughs> Battle Kid. Uh, uh, nope, not that. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're talking about the four Mega Man games ah. on the GameCube. Yeah, that's the one. Mega Man games. Mega Man has appeared on every Nintendo console since the NES back in 1987 and continues to come out as collections to this day on Switch and other current-gen consoles. It's a huge video game franchise, consistently ranked in the top 10, top 20 best video games of all time, best video game franchises or characters of all time. So, huge game huge franchise in gaming and uh, can't wait to talk about it today with you Mike but before we talk about the history and some facts about the franchise what is your history with Mega Man when do you remember playing as the Blue Bomber for the first time I played Mega Man for the first oh hmm for the first time it might have been on SNES when I would go over to kids mm -hmm. houses and play it on the SNES I remember playing some of his games there but uh, I owned a couple of the Battle Network games for the Game Boy Advance which oh, were okay. very popular and very good uh, from what I remember, at least, uh, I really, really enjoyed those games. They were a lot of fun to play. Never owned the Mega Man collection on GameCube, though, or any of the Mega Man games on GameCube. So big miss there. Uh, I don't know what my parents were doing. They should have bought me <laughs> at least one of them because I had the Game, Bo Game Boy Advance ones. But um, yeah, I, I mean, the Game Boy Advance ones were basically SNES games. And that's why I liked them so much. And I liked playing it on SNES when, years later when I worked at a company and we had a SNES at the... Uh, at our office i played a lot of Mega Man games on there as well as star fox and f-zero of course but i really really enjoy Mega Man on the snes i think that's where he lives best you know that's where the graphics for me were the were perfect for him i think of like sonic mania you know today yeah. uh, and how they basically just updated that from that uh turbo graphics era uh, that just looks beautiful i think Mega Man is basically that's where he lives for in my mind uh 3d Mega Man was always something i couldn't really get behind i didn't really understand it uh mm. so like the Mega Man x games for example later on but um yeah i that's kind of where i uh i first fell in love with the blue bomber and of course uh we later saw him in smash of course yeah a lot of people the crossover games are where they've they discovered this character i i i, I like the uh snes version of Mega Man 2 Mega Man x is really cool uh really is like the peak of the character it's very action action heavy yeah. uh, frame rates awesome looks beautiful is aged super well probably the most accessible franchise to go back to especially from those classic yes. Mega Man games more so than the the nes Mega Man games the six Mega Man games on nes which is actually where i got my start with the uh Mega Man series was oh. not until college i don't think i ever played a Mega Man game as a kid not 
a proper Mega Man game. Perhaps I might have touched one of the Battle Network games on Game Boy Advance at a friend's house or something, but those are RPGs, so I'm not going to jump into them. They're they're also very different from what Mega Man actually is. Like like depending on when you jumped into Mega Man, Mega Man can mean a very different thing to 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 who you're talking to. I'm I'm definitely more of an NES Mega Man fan though. I I picked up the collection on 3DS like I said, when I was in college in like 2015 or 2016, whenever it came out, I was really excited for it for whatever reason. And it's basically the same collection that we got on GameCube back in the day, but uh, with better controls. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I basically just played Mega Man 1 through 6 on the bus and everything. Uh, love to be able to, you know, save the game, pause the game, uh, go back and play the levels over again. I loved Mega Man 2 and 3. Those games are really good. Uh, they look like they're running on an SNES, actually. Those, yeah. I don't know what they were doing with Mega Man, like, after the second or third game. Graphically, those look incredible for NES games. The first one has aged the worst of the original six for sure that's a bit of a tougher game to go back to actually yeah. uh they get better as they go on but eventually did go back and play some more of the Mega Man x games uh my buddy matt who's been on the show before he i remember he picked up the x collection on ps4 uh, a couple years ago when we played mm-hmm. a little bit of it in my basement which was a, a ton of fun um but i actually haven't uh played much of the battle network or the uh like the the 3d mega man games like you mentioned some of the x games going into that and the mega man on uh, n64 is oddly a 3d game i don't think mega man works super well as a 3d game i yeah. could be proven wrong very soon who knows capcom's having a huge resurgence i really hope that they do more uh with mega man going forward but it seems for some reason like everybody knows mega man or so many people our age at least know mega man from collections and like all of these packs, like, cause that's just how Mega Man comes out now. And I was looking at Mega Man as the series over the years, and they do have huge gaps in production and new Mega Man games. It's very strange. Like f- from Mega Man 8 and 9, there was a gap from 1996 to 2008. Uh, Mega Man X8 came out in 2004. That was 18 years ago. Since then, there's been only the collections. Mega Man ZX Advent came out in 2007. Since then, there's been nothing. And Mega Man Star Force 3 came out in 2008, and since then, nothing. We've only had these collections. That's kind of the only way to kind of jump in on Mega Man. Nine Mega Man collections, to be exact, Neil, since 2004. Just crazy. Like, it's... I gotta give Capcom a lot of credit, though, because... Can you think of any other franchise that actually preserves their history correctly? Like, <laughs> I really don't think so. I mean, I, I mean, uh, yeah. at, at some point they have to try and make some new games <laughs> because you can't just put out collections forever. But I do applaud them for actually putting out some of these collections that are really good. And, and especially in the early 2000s, late 90s, where you had a lot of these games that were only in Japan or only in, in certain regions that um, that make it available for everyone to play now. And that's really mm-hmm. cool. It is really cool. The, you you asked, is, are there any franchises you can think of? Honestly, the only one I can think of is Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, 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 honestly. They do, yeah. they do put out quite a few collections, and it seems like most of the main games are playable constantly. Uh, whenever a new console comes out, there always seems to be recently uh, Kingdom Hearts collections. That's the only thing I can think of. But yeah, you're totally right. Like, if you own a PS4 or a Switch, the odds are you can play most of the classic Mega Man games it's the handheld ones that are kind of becoming trickier to play, but I think they have collections of a lot of those too now, um, which is good. But Mega Man, like we said, dates back to December seventeenth of nineteen eighty-seven on the uh, family on the Famicom. Happy thirty-fifth anniversary! Happy thirty-fifth anniversary to you, Mega Man, in just a few short weeks. Also known as Rockman in Japan, created by Akira Kitamura, and uh, a lot of credit also goes to Keiji Inafune. 
uh, for the creation of Mega Man, but a lot of people don't know this, but Inafune really didn't have a lot to do with the original creation of Mega Man, and he's been qu quoted by saying, quote, I'm often called the father of Mega Man, but actually his design was already created when I joined Capcom. My mentor, Kira Kitamura, who was the designer of the original Mega Man, had a basic concept for what Mega Man was supposed to look like, so I only did half the job in creating him. I didn't get to completely design a Mega Man protagonist from scratch until Zero in Mega Man X on the SNES. So back when the SNES was coming out, I was asked to give Mega Man a redesign, so I created this character, Mega Man X. So it's kind of cool how uh, Inafune is who a lot of people consider to be the you know, the founder of Mega Man, but he's really not. A uh, bit of like a Tim Burton Nightmare Before Christmas situation <laughs> yeah, going yeah. on, actually. Uh, but Mega Man X is still a pretty damn cool character, in my opinion. I love Mega Man X. Like, the character X, just in general, is very mm -hmm. cool. And obviously, we'll talk about that later on today with um, with one of his games. But uh, mm -hmm. it, we, we should kind of break this out to four different, I guess, lines of Mega Man. Because we basically have classic Mega Man, mm -hmm. which was the... The Mega, the Mega Man that we know, the 1 to 11 series that's currently... The only series that's actually still currently active. <laughs> yeah, um, true. Considering that we got Mega Man 11 uh, quite recently. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have Mega Man X, which first started in 93. And that uh, has lots of collections since. And uh, Mega Man X8 was the last true entry in 2004. Mm -hmm. We have Mega Man Zero slash ZX. And those were kind of GBA games. And that got a collection in 2020. That first started in 2002. Uh, of course, Battle Network, like I mentioned, uh, six games for the GBA, six games in four years also. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Uh, Legacy yeah. Collection coming out in 2023, though. I will be buying this because I love those games so much. Hmm. And then Mega Man Legends and Star Force, uh, which is from 97. And that went to about 2009. That's more of an action adventure style. And I don't think we actually have collections for those just yet, but I'm sure they'll be coming as well. Yeah, I would like to see more of these handheld collections come out. I, I I don't know why I don't own more of these Mega Man collections. Like I have, I bought the Switch one. I bought, uh, I actually bought the one on GameCube uh, when we started re uh, researching for this podcast. It hasn't come in yet, but uh, I keep buying the classic ones. I do want to play the 2000s ones because it's just something really cool about them. Like they're all based on the internet and everything. Uh, we're going to talk more about that later on, of course. But yeah, you're totally right. Uh, from 1987 to today, we have 11 mainline games in this series, six spinoff series, there's 50 games total on multiple systems, um, but for some reason, Mega Man just always feels like a Nintendo uh, franchise to me. It always will. Uh, even though it's been on PlayStation 1, there's been some exclusives on PS1, some exclusives on other consoles. It just feels like it's 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 at home on Nintendo for yeah. uh, for whatever reason, but it introduced non-linear level select options in, in a 2D platformer, which was really ahead of its time. You could fight the bosses in any order that you wanted to. There was a way to play the game so that the games would be easier depending on which boss fights you picked first and last. But you didn't know that unless you uh, read Nintendo Power, I guess, or <laughs> talked to friends uh, on, the, on the playground. But uh, as of July 26th, 2022, the series has sold only 38 million units worldwide. So about two times what Metroid has sold, which is pretty crazy. Um, but 50 games, 38 million units worldwide, not a huge seller. Mega Man 11 is actually the best-selling game in the series at 1.6 million copies, finally beating out Mega Man 2, which sold 1.5 million copies on the NES. That sounds impressive that it finally beat it, but when you think about it, Mega Man 2 was only released on NES, and Mega Man 11 was released on everything, Switch, True, Xbox yeah. One, PS4, PC. So it's not a super popular franchise, unfortunately. It's not, but it's like, it's pop culture, 
kind of is, mm-hmm. has has kind of cemented it, right? Like everyone knows what Mega Man is. They don't, they they yeah. probably haven't played Mega Man games, but everyone has some kind of touchstone with Mega mm-hmm. Man as a character. Oh, definitely. Like, absolutely. And we have somebody uh, joining us today, Mike, who's uh, been touched by Mega Man as a character. So uh, with that introduction, why don't you introduce our first caller onto the show? All right, Neil. Our first caller on the show is our friend Marcello at GameCube Galaxy. We're really happy to have him here. Uh, We've had him a couple times on this show at the GameCube Galaxy. He has a great YouTube channel. Please check it out. It's basically what we do, but uh, on YouTube. And uh, he talks about some great games more in depth for the GameCube. But uh, our first question to you, Marcello, would be, what is your favorite Mega Man game of all time? My favorite Mega Man game of all time would easily be Mega Man X for the Super Nintendo. Mm, okay, okay. And why is that? What's What What makes that stand out amongst the 50 or so Mega Man games that are, that, that are out there? So I grew up with the originals on the NES, <clears throat> but I, I remember when I finally got my hands on Mega Man X, it felt like this revolutionary take from the originals and it felt like the evolution that the series needed where it was faster paced it was a little bit more acrobatic with the wall jumping the soundtrack was light years ahead of the originals which were already strong soundtracks everything about that game was perfection and was just a 16-bit masterpiece I was talking about this with Mike uh, before you came on and just how Mega Man is so tied for us, at least to Nintendo, Uh, mainly because, you know, NES, that's all it had. But then when X came out, like that just really solidified it on the SNES hardware. Uh, You're totally right. Like the Mega Man X games like are just so synonymous with the 90s and that arcadey feel at home and like the 16 bit graphics and smooth animations. And yeah, the music is so good. Like those collections, which we're going to talk a little bit about today, are just like even today, like nothing looks quite this good. Like a lot of indie games try and be Mega Man X, but like even 30 years later now, which is so hard to say, uh, these games still look incredible. Absolutely agreed. And why don't we get into, uh, well, we'll, we'll do the, we'll dive into the collections, uh, alas, and we'll talk about the, uh, first two games that actually were on the GameCube. Why don't we do that, Neil? All right, sounds good. So we're starting with Mega Man Network Transmission, which was released on June 17th, 2003. Developed by Arika, published by Capcom. This is a GameCube exclusive. Rates a 6.5 out of 10. Priced today at around $45. And this is an RPG slash action platformer, I suppose. It's got those old school Mega Man elements in it, kind of. I really love these uh, network transmission games. They really bring me back to the like 2000s when just the internet was the setting for so many <laughs> sci-fi plots and everything. Like It seemed like from the outsider's perspective, being a kid, we didn't have phones, we didn't have access to AOL or whatever it was at a moment's notice for at all, you know, at all times. The internet just seemed like this place that was just this weird landscape for Neopets and viruses trying to take over the world and no in-between. And these games capture that feeling for me so well, like watching gameplay of network transmission. It just like looks like that era of like everything being neon and like Blade Runner-esque and like yeah. Matrix and everything. It's just that perfect time capsule that's so hard to go back to now. <laughs> it's such a, it's, it, the game itself is is interesting in that sense. But I did want to talk about uh, Arika, which is the, I think, I don't know, Mar- Marcello, how do you pronounce their, their name? Is it Arika? I, I believe it's Arika. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll go for it with Arika. They made Tetris 99 
Neil. So, uh, oh wow, mm-hmm. yeah, they've they've actually made all the uh, basically all the games that Nintendo's been putting out recently that are like the battle royale style for the legacy games. So, uh, Pac Man, uh, the Mario Thirty Five game as well. Uh, so, and they also made Endless Ocean. Which is uh, uh, that little game for the Wii uh, that I know you own, actually. So mm-hmm. uh, they are quite a formidable dev, and they were basically uh, the, uh, devs who made Street Fighter Two for Capcom. Went on to make their own company, and then decided to just keep working with Capcom, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is uh, pretty sweet. And obviously, we got some great games from them. And it's part of the Battle uh, Network series, Network Transmissions, technically a spinoff, spinoff of a spinoff, I guess you can you can say. Yeah. Beautiful cell shadedness and uh, network transmission. I knew because of I played Battle Network. That was kind of the series that I got really into. But uh, Marcello, what is your experience with playing Mega Man Network Transmission? So my experience actually started earlier this year playing this game. Mm. I, I remember getting Nintendo Power every month back when the mm-hmm. GameCube era was relevant, you know, current. Yep. And I remember the review for it was stating how insanely difficult the game was yeah. that the first boss alone would either make it or break it for players because of how ridiculously difficult it was. <laughs> and then I read other reviews that said the same thing, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I stayed away from it at the time because I was being very selective with what games I bought being a 14-year-old that was making $20 a month more <laughs> right. grass in my house. <laughs> um, so, but then I played it earlier this year because I covered it in my every Mega Man GameCube game episode in January. Mm-hmm. And I stuck with it. I got past that first boss after like, I think actually after a few a few tries, I finally figured out the strategy. Uh, and honestly, that's all it was, was this old school strategy to the game. And that's what I started learning was, okay, it's, it's traditional Mega Man in terms of difficulty and the strategic elements of boss battles, mm-hmm. but it, it it's complicated at the same time because I had never played the network transmission series on the GBA, and I knew it borrowed heavily from the combat there, but it incorporated it into a side-scrolling setting, if that makes sense. So you have to have your cards equipped with you, and you can cycle between the weapons, and you only have a certain amount of each one to use... Mm-hmm. Uh, which is interesting. And once I grasped that, it's interesting. I went back to finally trying network transmission, the first one on the GBA, uh, with the EverDrive cartridge I have on, the, on that console. And I went to go try it out. And I was like, oh, okay. They're taking <laughs> those elements, they're putting it into the side scroller. Got it. Yeah. Now, now it's all starting to click. Okay. Yeah. So it was a nice mix in that sense. Like it was pretty cool that it actually was able to kind of yeah combine the the, the Battle Network series with like the 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 classic Mega Man difficulty and everything. But what what is it about this generation uh, that there's so many of these card based battle systems? <laughs> like I don't know what was going on. And you got to go into the virtual world to play it. Yeah, yeah, which is uh, very Digimon-esque too, so uh, that works for this time. But yeah, like like uh, Fantasy Star Online, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Baton Kaitos, and now this game. Um, I don't know what was going on with the card systems, but uh, clearly they were very popular at this time. It, it definitely was a popular mechanic in those games, and you're mentioning those titles, and I'm like, oh yeah, and you know, you have like also like Lost Kingdoms 1 and 2 yep, or other right. games that used it. Uh, yeah, there was something about decks that were... <laughs> Quite a thing. Kids like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. Let's just keep. Yeah, <laughs> keep putting it pretty much. That was it. It was just how can we insert the Digimon, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh ism animes that kids are watching into these games, and that's yeah. what this really feels like. It does feel like. What if Mega Man had 
a Pokemon universe or a, a Digimon universe or whatever that they can go into and swap between this kind of not a card battling system, but uh, it does have that element to it, which makes the combat a little difficult or I guess complicated for someone like me and Mike to a point where we didn't play these games back in the day, mainly because the gameplay did look so in depth and complicated where we're coming hot off of the NES and SNES just straight up 2D platforming, shooting, running and gunning games, which is what we love Mega Man to be. So Marcello, did you, Mm -hmm. did you have any issue kind of transitioning from the X games into, uh, into this type of game, which is a bit more of like a story heavy RPG? I did a little bit. And that, that's what I was mentioning earlier was I was trying to grasp like the card system and know what kind of loadout, to bring into a level. And that was baffling to me. I'm like, okay, what is this? Call of Duty's multiplayer? Why do I need a loadout (laughs) to get to a freaking level? And so there was definitely a learning curve. And I'll I'll be honest, there's definitely a steep learning curve if you don't pay attention to the mechanics because it's kind of text heavy with the tutorials in the beginning. Like they kind of feed you a, a ton of information at once where it felt so overwhelming. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'll figure this out on my own. Yeah, it's, it's like an hour long, the tutorial, you know, just like, yeah. like going fast. Like it's a lot to learn. And yeah, you kind of, especially as a kid, you definitely would have needed to pay some attention. And I know as a kid, I did not pay attention to tutorials <laughs> at all and, uh, and you know, would pay the price sometimes. But other times, yeah, you, it is best to just kind of learn it yourself and really uh, get in, like get into the grind and understand it. But I, I feel like as a kid playing this, like it would be very, very difficult. So, and that's the thing, like we just mentioned about Mega Man X, right? Mm-hmm. Mega Man X, it's a game that thrusts you into the action. It, it just, it lets you learn as you play. Like, and it's, it treats the player with respect yeah. where it's like, okay, run right. Okay, we're running right. Oh, look, there's an enemy. I guess I have to push a button to shoot it. Oh, there's a platform. I guess I have to jump over it. Like, it's just, it becomes just, natural right yeah this game just feeds you so many mechanics it tries to over complex the the mechanics yeah in a way where it's like oh look we're being clever we're doing these like very clever mechanics it's like well yes and no you're right. you're, you're doing a lot of complexity but there is a thing such a like where too much can burden the player and not respect the player but rather it it, it you know actually det- it actually pushes the player away from wanting to play it or wanting to learn it definitely but that being said if you do invest the time into it or at least get past the first area get past the first boss and start learning the mechanics there is actually a fun side scroller here and let's be honest the gamecube had very little side scrollers at this point and you know during this generation for sure. Like it's got a great mix of it's got a good mix of I'd say cell shading and CG graphics, but for me the art styles they just kind of clash together unfortunately and I think I honestly think this is a bad looking game uh, in all honesty. Like I think it it would on the side of good looking and bad looking like you know terrible looking for Mega Man for Mega Man especially for Mega Man 2 like these games that are all except for maybe Mega Man 1 like all the Mega Man games on NES are quite good looking and then all the Mega Man games on SNES are pretty much spectacular looking this one Mm -hmm. doesn't really do the GameCube any justice and it's an exclusive too Uh, this is not like the other collections and command mission that we're going to talk about soon which are all on PS2 and Xbox and whatnot this is only on the GameCube, I feel like that they could have done quite a bit more with what the GameCube could do. Like we just, we talked about a few weeks ago, like Baton Kaitos, that game looks amazing. Like it's really cool. Um, we've seen a, a lot of other Capcom games. Like what was it? Soul, Soul Calibur is not Capcom, is it? No, that's Namco. Namco, oh, yeah. Namco right. 
Um, well, it's just Resident Evil. I mean, yeah, uh, and like, honestly, yeah. and, and like the ones that Capcom, like Capcom Five, Beautiful Joe does yeah. a really good job mm-hmm. with the cell shading as well, and that kind of art mm-hmm. style. And I think what is sad about this one is that and I'm not sure if you guys would, would agree, but the UI of this is actually beautiful. Like the the HUD is really nice. The yes. the map is amazing. They do a great job of like Neil said it earlier, incorporating that early 2000s internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of aesthetic to it and they nail it they get it done they do it so so well that it still looks really nice today and has a really uh, a certain charm to it that that's certainly mm-hmm. there when you go back where a lot of games don't a lot of these early 2000s games were trying to be futuristic right they yeah. were trying to like be like oh dark and edgy and like like this is what the future is gonna be <laughs> where it turns out it's just gonna be just like you know, really standard stuff. That's not very exciting. And uh, that's, that's what Mega Man does here that, which actually makes it really easy to go back to uh, in present day in terms of those visuals. But then, yeah, you're right, Neil, it does clash with the actual visuals of when you're on the side scroller and that cell shading, which is really meant for uh, 2.5 D kind of things. Uh, and, and it doesn't work as well in a cell, sh- in a, in a 2 D side scrolling environment like this one. No, the, the only the only part visually I remember that stood out for me was the area reaching the first boss, where it was like this kind of flame foreground, and you could see mm-hmm. kind of like um, <clears throat> kind of like the heat waviness and the haziness on the screen, and this night this nice lighting effects going on. And I'm like, oh, okay, this actually looks pretty good. Yeah. But then like other areas look generic or bland or like Neil said, like they clash. Like the background and the foreground's blocks, they definitely clash yeah. color-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just becomes this kind of generic looking game at points. It just it feels unpolished in that in that aspect. It's like, oh, they had some like good effects here, but they didn't have it here. They didn't put the same level of care here, maybe. Right. It's like four different art styles, honestly, yeah. that are going on all at once. Like, yes. even when you're leveling up Mega Man, like you're leveling up your character, like that goes back to the cool map UI and everything. And and uh, I love like the three little boxes in the top left of everything all the time, uh, you know, signaling like a browser window being open. It's just like little things like that are so well done. The fonts mm-hmm. are great for the time. Uh, everything works so well. And then you get out of it and you go back to this completely different art style with that's clashing. And yeah, I know that that took me out of it as, as someone who really looks for that stuff in games. Yeah, I, I had a bit of a I, I was kind of let down by the story in the game. Not so much like as a standalone game. It's fine. I think that it's just that it doesn't really I've, I've at least I've never played the other Battle Network games, but I have read that like it doesn't exactly reference the first game too much and it doesn't really carry the story into Battle Network 2 very well. And if you don't play the other Game Boy Advance games, I feel like you might be a little bit lost. And if you do play the Game Boy Advance games, you could probably play those games just fine, having not known this game even exists. So it could almost have just been its own standalone game. I think it would have been cooler if Capcom just maybe had the Battle Network license or whatever to call it, and then they put this game out on GameCube, but it doesn't have anything to do with one or two on Game Boy Advance. Um, Marcello, you said that you played the Game Boy Advance versions of the uh, Battle Network, right? Did you jump back and play them or no? I only played like maybe half an hour to an hour of the first game just to understand if there was maybe comparisons mechanically between this and that version. They're really fun. They're they're fantastic games. And I... I think I actually was. I can't take this for, uh, this credit for myself. I was reading this where someone was kind of reviewing this game and, and talking about how this really should have been more of a Battalion Wars kind of style, where you know mm. Battalion Wars builds on Advanced Wars for the GBA and doesn't just try and do it uh, exactly the same or add whatever. Like it, it makes it into that's a whole new game that kind of uses the spiritual elements of Advanced Wars, but does it in an amazing way. 
And I feel like that's what this was trying to do, kind of, but it missed the mark a bit. Yeah. That would have been actually a cool way to do it, is if they made it like a Battalion Wars way, where it's like a nice companion. Yes. That was its own thing, but rewards fans of the original series. And that's what I think the initial idea of this might have been, but uh, it kind of got bastardized a little bit. Uh, it's too bad, but it is still a solid game. It's it's still mm-hmm. a good game. It's like the six and a half, seven. I, th- I think seven is a, is a solid rating for it. Mechanically, it is a very solid game. It's still really easy to control today, I would say. Um, obviously like the, the, there is that learning curve just in the battling system and everything, but, uh, it's funny back in the day, critics actually complained that this game was too short because it was only 10 hours. And I don't know how you take only 10 hours to beat this game because it's hard. I, I'm sorry, but Mega Man X, I could beat in about an hour and a half and I think that's the right length. Yeah. You're yeah. Telling me 10 hours is too short. Yeah, exactly. And this game's already difficult as it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've clearly changed their standards quite a bit. <laughs> it's it's funny to see some of these re- like reviews back in the day where it's just like, yeah, at 10 hours, it is a little short. I'm like, really? Like, okay, guys. Yeah. If you don't have your fill after 10 hours, like you got to chill out and go do something else for a bit. But <laughs> there's also like so many other Mega Man experiences. Like yeah. there's 50 other Mega Man games that you can go out there and play. So, uh. but yeah, that is, I mean, we, we do judge games too on their length at times, but I think 10 hours for a game like this is perfect. Like it's not too short. It's not too long like do you really want to spend 50 hours in grinding the, the Mega Man. cyberspace with Mega Man characters like God, maybe you do God, no. yeah, maybe this reviewer <laughs> did but anyway jumping over spike blocks for 50 hours <laughs> no thank you well with that Neil let's read the back of the case for this one and we'll move on to the next game alright sounds good but first Victor hit us with that sweet jingle it's time to read what's on the back of the case there's things written on the back of the case let's read them And now we're reading The Back of the Case. Mega Man and Battle Network Pal Lan are in trouble again. It's only been a month since the evil WWW terrorists' attempt to hijack an important military satellite was shut down. Now, cyberspace is about to be hit by an even more resilient virus codenamed Zero. What is this new strain of virus that dares attack? Who is at the root of this new evil? It's up to you, Lan and Mega Man, to terminate this seemingly unstoppable and decidedly relentless new enemy. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. I forgot about all the PC and internet puns in there. With I know Lan. the lingo and everything, like the the dot exe <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. Like, oh, it's it's so good. It's really funny to look back on that stuff. The WWWs. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> Moving on to Mega Man X Command Mission, which was released on September 21st, 2004, developed and published by Capcom. It's also on PS2, rates a 7 out of 10, priced today at $100, and this is a straight-up RPG, and it's a spinoff of the Mega Man X franchise. Yeah, we're just going to keep going on on more spinoffs here, clearly. As, uh, but this one was not, yeah, GameCube exclusive. This one was for other some systems as well. So another spinoff of a spinoff. And it's your favorite, Neil, turn-based RPGs. Taking my favorite genre, which is 2D platforming, <laughs> run-and-gun games, to uh, an RPG. Absolutely <laughs> terrific. But that's what that's what makes Command Mission different, is that it uh, yeah. it takes the classic Mega Man X franchise that Marcello and I both, lo- both loved and, uh, and did this with it. So... Uh, Marcello, what was your first experience playing Mega Man X Command Mission? So, a buddy of mine actually remember we were in high school. He, I remember he told me he got this game, and I'm like, "Hey, isn't that like the JRPG 
Mega Man game? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, because the first thing I think of with Mega Man is, yeah, I like to get my, I like to play a JRPG where I get my ass beat before I can attack somebody. That's great. Uh, <laughs> and and Neil, I'm right there with you. JRPGs are my weakest, probably like, yeah. not my favorite forte, like a uh, genre. And I've gotten several comments on my channel like, hey, you haven't mentioned an RPG, and it's it's just that I haven't gotten around to them. Now I will say I've been more. Uh, open to these games lately so when i finally played Mega Man x command mission a few years ago at my buddy's house he uh i was checking it out and i'm like okay it's Mega Man x he's in a 3d setting it, it like mm. which is great like i remember thinking like yeah i've been waiting to see a Mega Man x in a 3d setting and no not x7 yeah. for the ps2 that was awful or whatever one it was right. um <clears throat> but I was playing, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, the music's mm. really cool. I like the music. And I'm like, wow, the graphics, the, the cell shading is excellent. It's actually yep. really, really solid here. Um, it's moody. It's gritty. Uh, at least the opening sequences. And I guess from what I remember playing of it so far, I mean, I put a few hours in overall. But I really was surprised. It was it takes a lot for a turn-based RPG to win me over, and this one was actually doing it for me. Now, that could be in large part due to the soundtrack being great, mm-hmm. um, and maybe just the fact that I was excited to actually use Mega Man X in a 3D setting as well. But even the story so far from what I experienced, I'm like, oh, the story is actually pretty solid. All right. like This is this is overall a really surprisingly good game. The, the story actually does it justice. Like, I think Mega Man X maybe has the most interesting stories and everything. And I think you're absolutely right with the cell shading. The cell shading is way better used in this one than it is in Network. I think uh, I think being a full 3D game definitely uh, helps with that as well. One thing I loved about playing this game is how fluid it feels when you're Mega Man, when you're X, I guess, uh, running through things and your little kind of uh flames that are coming from your back like the red mist that's always on your back which is like what's happening in 2d like they did a really good job bringing that into uh into 3d i really like that a lot yeah i agree the the flames that come out of the back of his like i guess his shoulder pads in a sense i thought that was really cool and reminded me of actually it's a very 2000s design and i love it because I mentioned it that way because there was a, there was a PS2 game that Shino, um, that Sega did called Shinobi, mm-hmm. which was a reboot of that series. And I remember he had this similar like red scarf that trailed him. And then playing this, I'm like, oh, that's kind of similar to that. And it reminds me of it's just a game of its era for me personally. Just something small detail like that um, is just something of the time. But yeah, I think the way he looks is really cool. The movement is fluid. I like dashing with like throughout the environments. Granted, I feel like the battle, the random battles that just appear are very frequent. Like way oh, too far much. too frequent. <laughs> now, w- what's interesting is I heard that the GameCube version, and don't quote me on this. I thought I read this recently. The GameCube version, I think, had more random battles than the PS2 version. Yep, that's correct. Well, okay, all right. Yeah, I don't know why that was. I think it's because the GameCube is more is it more powerful than the PS2, so they figured that they could do it. So that's why. But yeah, you're right that the PS2 version has less random uh, random encounters, which, yeah, I'm the same as you. Like, the best thing you can do in a JRPG or any RPG is to let me know when a battle is coming, either put some kind of a marker on the overworld, like in what they've done in Pokemon, which is kind of nice. 
Um, but yeah, it is frequent, the number of uh, random encounters that you get here. Also, I don't know if this is this was true. It's just like the gameplay that I was watching. But does Mega Man say like the same thing every time you win? I forget what it was, <laughs> but I just feel like he repeats the, the same lines get repeated quite often. But that's probably common yeah. in most uh, turn-based RPGs. Anyways, totally fine. I actually really like the voice acting in the game, though. Like the cutscenes are pretty good like the way that their voice acted is nice i think that there's too much gap between when one character talks and another character talks it kind of t- <laughs> took me out of it i feel like editing probably could have tightened that up a little bit just being a podcaster now i, I think that i noticed that more like when a conversation doesn't work quite right the timing is off that took me out That's of it funny. a little bit but other than that totally fine now the, one of the difference i remember is that the gamecube version does run at 60 frames whereas the ps2 version runs at 30 frames that's right yeah, yeah. we're better because <laughs> you know Game, gamecube is more powerful it's true. That's right. yeah, GameCube ran those games so well. Like even Tales of Symphonia, we talked about that a couple episodes ago. 60 FPS on the GameCube, 30 FPS everywhere else. And then the remaster is going to be 30 FPS as well, which is pretty sad. But uh... <laughs> So the definitive edition for that game is still the GameCube. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, all um, the next two games we're going to be talking about are also the definitive edition. That's where you should play them on. But uh, before we do, uh, Marcella, anything else you have to say about Command Mission? Uh, honestly, just if you're if anybody's into JRPGs in general and you have a GameCube it, or even a PS2, but like this is actually a really solid JRPG. And again, this is coming from somebody who's not a big fan of the genre. So I think that should say something about what's here. It is a hundred dollars. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) If you can find it for less than a hundred dollars, definitely a recommendation. I would say as well because yeah, it's a very solid game, and it's it's always interesting to get games that are you know traditionally platformers, traditionally one genre only, uh, and really turn it on its head and go full RPG. And and the fact that you can do Mega Man X. Uh, 3D. I, th- th- I believe this is the first time, right? It's full full 3D. Th- this is the first time that players actually were able to move or control Mega Man X in a 3D setting. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's that's pretty cool on its own, honestly, if you played the Mega Man X franchise uh, beforehand. Because all those games are fantastic leading up to this. So it did have big shoes to fill, and I think it did probably the best it could have done. I think the biggest con is definitely those random encounters, minimizing those, but and then getting used to the turn-based RPG, but at least this one is relatively easy to learn rather than uh, network transmission. Yes. One more con for me before we uh, read the back of the case here is that the game does have uh, compatibility with the Game Boy Advance cable if you wanted to do so. You can connect your GameCube to your Game Boy Advance using that special cable you may or may not own, Uh, and all it does is detect hidden treasures uh, in the levels. That's pretty much the only thing you use it for and that sucks that feels like such a swing and a miss for a game that <laughs> that could have utilized the game boy advance so well with mega man like being you know all of living these, on the game boy advance like living on the game boy advance you've got this this device that can play 2d platformers so well i just feel like that you could have like had a swap over to the game boy advance to play this mission real quick in 2d that would have that's what i would have been doing Ugh. uh while someone else is looking for treasures or whatever the hell like a uh, pac-man uh, versus and, yeah, Ooh, yeah, exactly. Have someone playing the Mega Man level in 2D while you're doing something on the screen in 3D, you know, having a battle, fighting a boss, whatever it is. I think that could have been so much cooler. But no, it's another uh, another unfortunate miss for the Game Boy Advance player. But nevertheless, let's hit the back of the case here for Mega Man X. 
Play as the hero from the Mega Man X series in his first role-playing adventure. Joining Mega Man X are Axel and Zero teammates from the X series, plus master five new playable characters, including a mysterious female Reploid. Your mission is to infiltrate Giga City Island and stop the rebellion started by General Epsiton and his Liberian, I can't say that right, army. Customize your characters using experience points and combine attacks to defeat scores of treacherous enemies. It also says here that there's a free Mega Man trading card inside. Do you guys remember a Mega Man trading card game? No. Yeah, I don't remember a trading card game. I do remember that was part of getting the copy of the game. Actually, you know what? Do you have it? No, I'm curious if I have. I, I'm actually curious if I have that in the box. Oh. I, I think I might. Let me double check that. Yeah. Collect I'm... collect the one Mega Man trading card game <laughs> card. <laughs> Play against your friends. It's a very boring game. I, I feel like some some games and, and some things did that at the time, right? They just like would put out one trading card or something and be like, look, here it is. Holy crap, I do. Yes. <gasps> what is it? Tell us tell us in detail on, on an audio to only. Us. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like I should have put this in my Mega Man episode video. Now I gotta find another way to show this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Mega Man trading card game is the back of the card itself, and then the front it's this pretty sweet um, design of Mega Man X. <clears throat> so it says Mega Man X for the character name. It says Invincible underneath. I mean, the first game is Invincible. Let's face it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then all it's it's. Looks like there's stats, three, one, and two with letters. I guess strength, defense, and whatever B is going to stand for. Buster. And then free Mega Man X command mission passcodes at MegamanTCG.com. Oh, let's go to that. Yeah, let's see what that's still active. <laughs> but yeah, I do have that card. That's crazy. I didn't know I had that in here. Interesting. I got to go out there and see what those cards are worth. See, like, how to play the game. I bet it's fun. <laughs> I can see that being fun. Yeah. I mean, they, they use cards in the... Uh, in network transmission, so clearly they had something going. Maybe they'll bring it back someday. Speaking of bringing it back, let's jump into the anniversary collections of Mega Man, which is the reason why everyone's probably here listening to this podcast. Mega Man Anniversary Collection was released on June 22nd, 2004, developed by Atomic Planet Entertainment, published by Capcom. This game is also on PS2 and Xbox, and then, of course, we all know it was released in the mid-2010s on all the major consoles ps4 xbox one 3ds and then we got legacy collections and collections after collections after that this game rates an 8 out of 10 priced today at around 20 bucks and it's a platforming collection it's a legacy collection as we like to call it so marcello what is your experience with the original Mega Man series my experience i mean goes as far back as when i was like i don't know three years old four years old and nice. I remember we had an NES with the first Mega Man game, and we still have that first game, which is surprisingly pretty pricey now, which I never realized that went up in price. Um, but yeah, my brother and I, we'd play that together, and I remember sitting there watching him beat that game back in the day. But then I always loved the game itself, because between watching him and play it, and then me just playing it myself. Uh, but yeah, it all started with the first one for me. I was there from the beginning. Nice. Sweet. Well done. That's uh, that's impressive. And did you own or did you ever own the this anniversary collection? So the anniversary collection I never owned until last year. Actually, my, okay. funny enough, my brother got it for me as my birthday gift. Oh, great gift. So sweet. that was pretty sweet. And, you know, I was playing it. And the first thing that baffled me were the controls. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yep. It's got reversed B and A and B controls where B is to jump and A is to shoot. That's Haven't you always wanted that? No. 
<laughs> let's just take a second here. Uh, you know, let, let's sink yeah. in. So B, the red button on the GameCube controller, B is to jump. I can't think of any game on the GameCube where you have to use B to jump. Actually, I can. Metroid Prime. Oh, that's true. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but see, Metroid Prime is not a jumping game. Well, right. Well, and here's the thing. That's funny, right? Like, B, B is to jump in that game, and A is to shoot in that game. Uh, and to be fair, that game, you were learning controls very early on, and it's yeah. not like you assumed, oh, A is going to jump and B is going to shoot. If anything, I thought the triggers are going to shoot, but that's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> Mega Man was, okay, I grew up playing it on the NES, right. so A is to yeah. jump and B is to shoot. To tell me I'm playing the same games now where they've reversed the buttons on me, what was most, you know, muscle memory and all part of my strategies, yeah. is gone down the tubes. And now I'm like constantly trying to tell myself in a split second reaction game, hey, wait, jump with B. Hey, wait, shoot with A. Like, and it, right. it just becomes quite if Mega Man wasn't hard enough it's almost like they said hey guys we're gonna screw with you we're gonna switch the buttons well now that's really making me think because I I think you might have a point I think it might be because of Prime that they did this like that that might have been in the back of their heads when they were doing this uh that like oh Metroid came out that's like a shooting game like Mega Man (laughs) so we I I I don't know I'm, I'm trying to find some rationale for doing this because it's such a stupid idea like i know it would have been totally fine if they had given you the ability to button map like you don't you have a lot of buttons on the gamecube controller you don't need that many buttons to play the original Mega Man games like you could have just given us the option to flip it and uh marcello's right like in a new game like metroid prime like y- you don't have any frame of reference like you can you can come out with a new game and have bb jump that's not that's not the issue the problem is that you've got this game that is now what 15 years old and now everyone has to relearn it or hardcore Mega Man fans would have just been like nope just not gonna play it right. and that's i think what a lot of people i'm sure did uh which is such a shame because you've got the first six Mega Man titles here uh the first six games on the nes uh the seventh game on playstation and saturn with the eighth game which is kind of cool so you've got eight games in here for 20 dollars. the game launched at 30 bucks so this one's actually gone down in price since it came out and i have to imagine the reason for that is just because it it they've made better collections since then and it's got to be mainly because of that uh that control layout which is such a shame but Mm-hmm. That aside, I suppose, other than that big hurdle to get over, is this a is this a collection worth picking up, Marcello? So despite that, there is definitely two reasons that this is still worth getting. Mm-hmm. And it's because of two unlockable games here that until more recently were the only ways to play this game here in the U.S. And that's the Mega Man Power Battles 1 and 2 uh, arcade fighting games that were unlockable in this. And those alone for me, are well worth the price of entry just to get those. They're really fun. They are really fun. They look beautiful. Uh, and yeah, the fact that you can never play them before. And and especially if you were a Mega Man fan at this time, being able to play something like that that was locked in Japan forever. Like, man, that's... I think arcade games on consoles, especially when they come in collections like this, are so much fun. Because they're basically just like mini games. Mm-hmm. And that's all I, I, I... If I'm a Mega Man fan, I want... You know, obviously a collection of the games that I, I like and I grew up with, but I also want a couple of bonus things. I also want some fun stuff. One of my biggest criticisms of uh, Nintendo when they put out the, I guess, the Mario 3D collection or whatever whatever you want to oh, call yeah, it. Oh, yeah, 3D All-Stars. 
Yeah, 3D All-Stars. It was just the three games and nothing else, right? Like, no other unlockable content, no secret stuff or anything. It just was the three games. Basically, I could have just played it on an emulator. Um, and that's something I really am always kind of sad about. And I really like when a lot of these legacy games, and we're going to be talking about that in a couple of weeks too, more of these legacy games, most of them had ways to unlock uh, cooler things because of course you want to make people try and play these games and go through them and have some reason to to try and beat some of this stuff so you can unlock new things because that's just what gaming is in a sense right mm -hmm. uh, and so I really like that um, this anniversary collection had that on there it's too bad that they put some of those bonus content uh, unlockable things though on different versions of the game which is kind of my issue here is that like if you want everything you kind of needed to own the ps2 gamecube and or xbox version oh uh the ps2 version features the pilot episode of the ruby spears Mega Man tv series mm -hmm. uh the gamecube and xbox versions i don't think do they feature a Mega Man episode from the g4 series icons the xbox version features the first episode of Mega Man nt warrior based on the Mega Man battle network game series and uh I, the xbox version is the one that actually lets you change the con control scheme too so that there there it is they there were is. able to, like they are able to do it in certain versions i don't know why why they didn't there but uh yeah so I, that type of thing doesn't happen so much anymore with these collections it's pretty much just the same thing on every console i will what i will say is that at least now too those Mega Man arcade games the power fighters or power battles i think I forgot. I keep forgetting which one it's called. Power Battle and Power Fighters. That's Power why. Fighters is the second one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I knew. I was like, I know I get swapped around because I don't remember which one's the first and the second. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, now they're available on the uh, Capcom Arcade Stadium 2 on the Switch. Mm -hmm. So it is now finally, after all these years, they finally found another way to get it out to modern consoles. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, but there's, hey, think of all the things that are stuck in uh in japan that we can't play here right like I, I think of some of the fire em fire emblem games that never actually made it over here as well but uh that's a whole other conversation um let's move on neil what do you think to to mega man x collection but let's read the back of the case first off all right sounds good a tribute to mega man challenge yourself with some of the most extreme mega man titles ever released while unlocking a cache of bonus features in this special collection to celebrate mega man's 15th birthday Aw. For the first time ever, play the original Mega Man 1 through 8 series and 2 never before released in the US arcade games on your Nintendo GameCube. You don't get any playing card in this game. What the heck? Damn it. Okay. <laughs> I want to collect them all. You never will. <laughs> Moving right on to the next collection of the day, which is Mega Man X Collection, released on January 10th, 2006, developed and published yet again by Capcom. This is also on PS2, rates a 7.5 out of 10, priced today at around $45, and it's another legacy collection of the classic 2D platforming games, six Mega Man X games to be exact, X 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, as well as Mega Man Battle and Chase, which I can't wait to talk a yeah. little bit about mm -hmm. in a few minutes, so... Uh, Marcello, you're a big fan of the Mega Man X series, as are we from back in the day. So, uh, how excited were you for this collection to come out? So, I remember getting this on Christmas of 2006. So, I just got Ooh. the Wii. Sweet. And, and and my brother, who also got me the anniversary collection last year for my birthday, was the one that got me this for the GameCube that Christmas. Nice. He must love these collections keep coming out. He's like, I know what to get Marcello every year <laughs> Christmas for the rest of time. Yes. <laughs> 2023 Battle Network collections coming out. So yeah. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, but yeah, I remember getting it and I was psyched because it was a it was a collection I always wanted. I just never got. 
I was psyched because I'm like, okay, great. I have my favorite Mega Man X of all time right here on disc. Uh, you know, I think I've mentioned this before in the show, but like we didn't grow up with the Super Nintendo in our household. So I never had my own copy of Mega Man X, at least a legitimate copy of Mega Man X. Mm-hmm. So I, immediately I popped the game on that morning and I just cranked the volume up to the max. And I'm like, hell yes. <laughs> but even just the main menu, I remember thinking like, oh, the music's really cool here. And I knew that the tracks that they use there are from like X4 through 6 for the most part. But I did like the aesthetics. I liked the gallery in this game. I love that you can listen to all the music from every game right from the game's uh, main menu. Yeah. Um, and I like that they had that unlockable battle and chase game where you had to beat Mega Man X 1 through 3 um, and to actually unlock that. It incentivized playing the original 3 from the SNES. Although yeah. the, the original 2 on the SNES because X3 on there is actually the Saturn version Oh, okay. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Is, is there a difference between the Saturn version and the, uh, the the SNES version? So the differences are there are animated cutscenes in between levels, oh. um, as well as an intro and voice acting, actually. It's full voice acting. Wow. And the other thing is the arranged soundtrack. And that's been a debate for some time as to, oh, well, you know, do you have people in the camp that say X3 for the SNES had the better soundtrack, and then you have a lesser camp that I'm actually in that'll say, no, I think the Saturn version had a better soundtrack. Hmm. Okay. You're probably right. You're just less people played the Saturn. So <laughs> power in numbers, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I, honestly, I didn't even realize it came out on the Saturn and then it wasn't yeah. until that came out. Cause I was like, Oh, this doesn't sound like SNES quality music. Like what is this? And I had to research it, you know, back in the day I had to log into AOL and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, you've got mail before I could actually check it. Yeah, but yeah, the, the range soundtrack was really cool in that game, and that's really it. Gameplay wise, it was essentially the same. Again, I did like that it's incentivized playing those to unlock mm-hmm. a game that never released here in the states. It allowed you to use save files too, which was a new thing, right? Yes. Because the original games were all password based. Which I miss passwords, man. Like starting open a game and like you got to like write down the password <laughs> to get to level six right away. Like I'm having sheets of paper everywhere. Uh, I forget what episode that was, Neil, but we talked about it. And I was trying to think of games that did that, and I couldn't think mm-hmm. of it at the time. But yeah, that Mega Man X games did that back in the day. I completely forget. That's such a bygone era of gaming, and I kind of yeah. love it. It's long dead. It's not coming back. But like <laughs> once save files were introduced, like that was it. Now we got autosave and everything. So it's a completely different story. But little quality of life things like that make these games better. I, th- I think like yeah. I, I, as much as we love those, like, you know, remember the seven digits to get to level eight. Like you don't really want to have to go back to that at the end of the day. But what what is Battle and Chase? I know it's a kart racing game. I had never heard of this game until I knew about this collection. Is it? Is it like a worthwhile kart racing clone of Mario Kart? Or is it more just like a, why the hell did they even make this situation? You know what? It's it's up there for like how they made Mega Man soccer, where I was like, what, how right. the hell did they come up with this? But <laughs> hey, it works. Sure. Um, this is kind of the same thing where it's like, it was the 90s. Super Mario Kart was all the rage. And anybody that wanted to make a kart racer that had at least one iconic character could. Yeah. So this was Capcom's stab at it. And I just found it interesting that it released in Europe and Japan, but it didn't release overseas. The game was mm-hmm. fully in English in Europe. So it really couldn't have been that hard to just port it over here. I think it would have sold decent. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But what is there is actually a pretty competent kart racer. It's not the greatest kart racer and it's not just, it's not something you're going to, like, going to want to invest that much time into, but it's a cool unlockable 
that makes me feel like, you know, nowadays they would have charged you $20 for that as a DLC. Right. Yeah. Back then, you were rewarded for actually playing through the games. And it's like, oh, hey, we, here you go. You've unlocked a new game that was never released in the States. Have fun. That's awesome. It, it, it's competent. It's definitely a competent racer. Yeah, I think just like this whole collection, like it, that just makes it so much better having this little racer on there. And I think because it's it's not just like a normal Mega Man game. It's a racing Mega Man game that anyone in North America probably didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's really, really cool. I, I think as a kid, I would have uh, loved it. And it, it looks fun. Like the fact that you're like kind of shooting people with your vehicle as you're going by too is cool. It, it's clearly just like a fun time to have. I don't think there, you don't need to kind of review it hardcore and try and compare it to Mario Kart. It's just supposed to be a fun race through with Mega Man at, at its core. But going back to this this um, this collection and playing it again uh, this week, like it's it's just so beautiful. I just these these Mega Man X games. I just got to give them all the credit in the world. They look fantastic. Like this is how every game uh, that's like a two D side scroller should look nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like yep. I'd argue that these Mega Man games look better than games today. Oh, like, easily in, in a lot of aspects. Yeah, easily. Well, they have an art style. That's a, that's a start. <laughs> well, and, and, that's, and that's Neil's point too. Like. There's even indies that they try to they try to make games. Oh, look, it's like a Mega Man game, but the there's no heart or soul or yeah. identity, more importantly, or an identity identity yeah to yep. their art direction. It's just kind of like oh, it's pixely looking. Oh, that's, that's great. Any like every, you're doing everything that every other company or every other indie is doing. Like when you yeah. saw Mega Man X or Mega Man in general, you knew oh, it's a Capcom game. That's their type of yep. art direction. Like it had an identity behind it. So. Yeah, I would definitely state that like Mega Man X, 1, 2, and 3 on the SNES or 3 on the Saturn or whatever looks far better than indies that come out nowadays that try to emulate the old school look that don't actually nail it. Yeah, the only one I can think of, and I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, is Mega, uh, is uh, Sonic Mania. That's like the only thing that, that really captured like the old Sonic for me when I first saw that and played it. I was like, okay, this is really well done. And and Neil and I always say this, how uh, a game should feel cohesive, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the key word for a lot of these games, especially back in the day. It really should feel like one person made this whole thing. And the three Mega Man Xs, uh, they certainly do. It feels like it was, it was just one person who had this one vision of how the game should look, how the game should play, and pff, nails it. So that's a, a huge reason why I would want to uh, pick up Mega Man X Collection. One thing I was wondering, though, is, and maybe this was answered in an interview or something, where 7 and 8, can they not, could they not put those on this collection due to space or time? Because, yeah, those came out in 2003 and 2004, respectively. This collection came out in 2006. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, felt like a bit of a mix there, uh, miss there. So what happened there was that Mega Man 7 and 8 were exclusive to the PlayStation 2, and they utilized the full DVD size, the... Uh, discs so that's why they did not appear in this collection it it was not until the Mega Man X Legacy collection a few years ago that they were finally able to bring those two games outside of the PlayStation 2 exclusivity the fans of the of the X series will still always say that X and 7 I'm I'm sorry 7 and 8 X7 and X8 are (laughs) not good adaptations Uh, I have them I haven't played much of them I've, I've wanted to but I just haven't been able to invest the time into playing those yet. Now, one fun fact I want to share quickly about the X Mm. collection is if you have it on the Wii with component cables, 
there's a strong chance you're not going to be able to play that on your TV. So oh. it has a hard time displaying a 240p signal because the Mega Man X collection, when you get out of the main menu and into a game, is actually in its native resolution of 240i or 240p, depending oh. on the interlace or progressive scan. Um, I remember being baffled that I put it into the Wii when I got an HDTV. Oh, and I'm no. like, what on earth? Why can't I? I? Like, this game was just working. I hear it, but I don't see anything. Oh, um, no. And I remember thinking my Wii was broken, and I popped in other GameCube games. And I'm like, no, everything else works fine. Why isn't this working? Um, sure enough, is that that game has an issue displaying a 240p signal from the Wii to an to an HD TV. Wow, is it playing a raw like one of the original '90s ROMs? Then is that probably why it just isn't compatible with a new TV? It could be, um, but then what's interesting is if I put it through the GameCube on an HD TV, no problem at all. It, I think oh. it has something to do with the Wii doing its backward compatibility, even though the Wii is natively GameCube backward compatible. It's not emulating yeah. anything. There's something about the video signal output of the Wii. I think it's that it just can't do 240p. Man, the Wii sucked. <laughs> We've uh, discovered that the GameCube is the best way to play every game. <laughs> one, one more thing before we close out the Mega Man X talk. Why is Mega Man X not in Smash yet? Uh, just X itself as a character? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, but aren't I think I think you can get X as a assist trophy. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm not count, I don't count that. It's because X is like the Chuck Norris of Mega Man. So it's like if he's in there, true. everybody'd be like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, de- we're done. We're, It'll you, just be a win. Mega Man X fighter. Yeah, <laughs> <just>. <laughs> but meanwhile, I'm, I'm right there with you. I remember they, when they showed Mega Man, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, let's bring in Mega Man X Like at this point. It, yeah, just, 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 just more Mega it. Man characters in general. Like, like even like Dr. Wily or something. Like anybody. Like it'd be cool. I like just Zero. Have these yeah, ca- yeah. yeah Zero. Zero. Like there's just – it's kind of weird how we have like – like at least two mostly of every franchise. Like there's two characters from almost every franchise when they're represented, except for like the DLC guys or whatever, uh, except for Fire Emblem. Or, <laughs> we got you know. 20. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, that's okay, but we got 20 Fire Emblem characters that all have <laughs> the same abilities except for one of them. That's all good. <laughs> it's all in the hair. It's all in the sword that they carry. I don't know. It's uh, Don't get me started on that. But anyway, let's hit the back of the case here of the Mega Man X collection and we can uh, we can close out this episode. The Ultimate Collection of Mega Man X Adventures. Classic side-scrolling Mega Man action. Experience action-packed Mega Man X through Mega Man X 6-in-1 Incredible Collection. Exclusive hidden feature. Mega Man Battle and Chase Racing Game never before released in the US. Original and sketch art. Remix soundtracks. Plus much more. Seven games in one. It's really confusing how they did like the numbering of X and then like an actual number. Like it makes me think like, oh yeah, sixteen, great. <laughs> no, no collectible card in there again, unfortunately. But uh, we live on. I'm sure that, that game has some kind of weird black market somewhere out there. <laughs> somewhere out there. But uh, yeah, um, uh, Marcello, of we usually do this this segment with just uh, just me and Neil, but we, let's we might as well do it with you as well. Uh, of all these four games that we've been talking about today, which one would you recommend the most to pick up? Mega Man X collection, hands down. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we would too. I certainly would. I think Mega Man X collection has some of the best games and best looking games ever made for for Mega Man, for the SNES, for, for really just in general. Mm-hmm. And are a lot of fun to play still. And you can play them with uh, the correct controls <laughs> is yeah. the uh, major <laughs> one for sure. Uh, and you get to play a little Mega Man kart racer. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's pretty neat there too. I would still give a uh, give a shout out to the original collection as well, even though it has the the little bit of a rough control scheme there. If you're someone like me who didn't, I didn't grow up in the '80s, or I didn't have an NES in the '90s, so I didn't really play the Mega Man game, so I didn't have that experience with A and B flipped. So you wouldn't really notice a heck of a difference uh, having not played those games. So they're still classic 8-bit side-scrollers. Yep. Um, I still love playing them this day. I've bought that collection now technically three times. I've bought it on <laughs> 3DS, Switch, and GameCube. So I really need to jump in on some of these other collections and stop giving the original collection so much love. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really, I'm really just happy that this franchise, at least one franchise from back in the day, gets this much love. I wish all the other ones would get this too. Like yeah. we're starting to see it now with Castlevania and uh, the Ninja Turtles got a huge love this year. Uh, so I just hope that this, uh, this keeps on going. Um, speaking of keeps on going, Marcello, our next thing that we usually like to talk about is the future of a franchise that we talk about. So where do you see the Mega Man series go forward? It's been a long time since we've seen a new, I guess not a long time, about four years since Mega Man 11. Where do, what do you think the next entry in the Mega Man uh, universe will be? That's a great question. I've always kind of been wondering where they're going with it now, because like you said, it's been a few years since Mega Man 11. And for a lot of for a big fan base that the series has, apparently Mega Man 11 didn't sell anywhere near as high as it probably, I think, they expected. So yeah. I think that's why we haven't seen a new Mega Man announcement. Is that, like, I, I know Capcom has likes to test waters with their remasters and collections, I've noticed lately. So I don't know. I, I was kind of hoping that the Mega Man X collection sold well enough to maybe get a new Mega Man X game. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of my hopes. Or at the very least, like... I don't know. I would just love to see a Mega Man X 3D action game. Yeah. I, th- I think Mega Man X is so, such frenetic gameplay. It could easily transition to 3D if they just have the right person doing it. Like, I don't know, Platinum Games that mm-hmm. could probably do a really badass Mega Man X game in 3D. Um, yeah, I don't know where it's going, but hopefully it has Mega Man X involved personally. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to agree with you there. I think Mega Man X would be the logical next kind of series of the the five main kind of spin-off series that that Mega Man has to to go forwards with. Yeah, Mega Man X8 2004 last true entry. So it's been 18 years since we had a a new real Mega Man X. Lots of collections, lots of Mega Man X collections since, but um uh, X8 is the last one. I I I, I don't want to leave it on that now. I want to I want to see a really polished well done x9 like i think Mega Man 11 is a pretty solid game mm-hmm. uh and i think that gives me hope that uh, whatever capcom will do again for Mega Man, it'll it'll be pretty well done it's interesting that we are seeing the legacy collection for battle network finally come out in 2023 so maybe that's another kind of testing the waters for that series as well they could probably make all of these series kind of live again. Like you could have a Mega Man yeah. RPG and a Mega Man 2D and maybe like Marcella said, like have a good 3D Mega Man game. Like we have had weird ones in the past, but none of them are really spectacular successes. I'd like to see them do something like what that Bloodstained game did like five years ago where they had like a like make it like a one-two punch kind of thing where like we get Mega Man X9 and it's a really good 2D platformer. It's a great classic 8-bit art style, Not none of that computer generated trash that they did with 11 and then like eight months to a year later we get like a 3d Mega Man x10 and like that's it like it's a one-two punch kind of thing within a year we get these two great Mega Man games and then of course they come out with Mega Man battle and chase 2 finally because uh, yes. that's that's what the fans are waiting for <laughs> i've been waiting for years neil finally hd battle and chase hd that'll take over mario kart for number one racer out there with online play yeah with online play with online <laughs> 
Exactly. Well, while we're waiting for that, uh, Marcello, why don't we give you the opportunity here to plug uh, your lovely YouTube channel and talk about all the things that you're working on? Sure. So uh, as the guy stated, I have a GameCube channel called GameCube Galaxy and covers anything and everything GameCube related uh, in video form, obviously. And I try to do my best to give it high quality production values. Uh, I try to do a variety of things, whether it's in-depth reviews, topic-based videos, top tens, and the occasional different video, like a hunting video. So uh, actually my upcoming video I'm working on, I just came back from a gaming convention out on the panhandle of Florida called Really Rad Weekend. Mm. And I actually nabbed my 300th GameCube game over there. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. So thank you. Thank you. Um, Getting closer and closer to that complete set one day. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) But I will be showing a video of that convention showing which games I picked up. And I actually collab with uh, Retro Wolf 88, who's another fantastic channel. uh, So definitely give him a check out. He does GameCube stuff. He's actually currently rebuilding his entire GameCube collection a second time. I know. Yeah, he was on our channel uh, or on our podcast a couple months or probably a year ago now. Oh, nice. uh, I think that was like our first year of podcasting, actually. I think it was like year – no, it was year two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, he, he was saying that he had just – I think he had just sold his collection fully because he had all 555, and I just was like, oh, my God, my heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's insane, dude. Can you tell us what game number 300 was for you? I guess so. Or are you waiting to reveal that on camera? <laughs> you don't have reveal to. reveal that in the video, but... That's a good, no, that's a good tease. Don't yeah, say yeah, it. That's that's a good tease. Everybody go on over to Marcello's channel and check out what game number 300 was. I think that's a, that's a great way to end that teaser right there. Yeah, yeah it, it, the video won't be live until Sunday morning. I'm currently editing it as we speak. Nice. So uh, everyone has to wait three days from when this podcast goes live. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're having your Thanksgiving leftovers or whatever leftovers or just anything in general that's when you can watch the video and see what my 300th game is i'm currently sitting at 315 wow very nice very nice uh well marcello thank you again at gamecube galaxy for coming on today we always love having you on uh uh, that youtube video that you made for uh mega man is actually one of the ones i used to research this uh for this podcast episode so thank you very much it was a great video everyone if you want to learn more about mega man check that out And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to talk to you again real soon. Sounds good. Thank you guys for having me as always. It's always an awesome time. Sweet, dude. Take care. See ya. Thanks, you too. Bye. What a nice young man. What a nice young man. Thank you very much, Marcello, at GameCube Galaxy. We love when he comes on. Just a wealth of knowledge and uh, really glad to see that he's uh, he's going for his 555 collection. Uh, a number, game number 300 that is going to be very intense retro wolf the fact that he's he's going for the third time is insane to me and stresses me out <laughs> but um i love to see it and yeah i i i love meeting people who had that mega man kind of connection back in the day i feel like so many of us played mega man but we didn't really know that other people played mega man it felt like it was one one of those games back in the day for us yeah i guess that that's a good point like everyone it just it's it just didn't we just didn't have enough like room on the on the schoolyard to talk about it really. yeah. like we had mario we had zelda and yeah. we had or link and we had uh pokemon and then after that you, you start to spin off into the other games that maybe you were talking about mega man maybe you were talking about Star Fox or metroid but yeah it, it it never really hit that peak conversation schoolyard talk because you know these games were just they just weren't that they didn't have that level of you know story or ex- exploration or discovery. They were just really fun, really solid games that, for the most part, were reliable experiences that you could go back to 
I know that the games did dip into some, uh, you know, little rough territory there with seven and eight, but nevertheless, you're, I think you're totally right. Like everybody knows who Mega Man is, even if you've never even played a Mega yeah. Man game, it kind of goes back to what we talked about, like with Hello Kitty, where even if you just see the Mega Man face, you know exactly who it is, unless he takes his helmet off, then you probably don't know who he is. Ah, uh, but yeah, that, that blue <laughs> helmet, man, it's just so, uh, so yeah, iconic, iconic with, uh, with video games. It really is. And I have one last thing here to close out this episode, Neil, and it's mm. from one of my favorite websites, not from 1001 Video Games You Must Play Before You Die. It's unfortunately not in uh, – none of these games are in that uh, is, book. Is it from Funny Junk? Uh, it's not from Funny Junk either. Oh, that was a good website. That was a good website. <laughs> it's not 2004 anymore, unfortunately. Uh, mm. we're, we've moved on. But mm. it's from Games Saved My Life, um, oh. a great account that we've uh, referenced a couple times on this podcast. This one's from Cody. Uh, from Games That Saved My Life. He talks about getting into a bad bike accident when he was a kid. He broke his arm. Uh, the summer had just started. You know, that happened to me, kind of, so I, I understand. Uh, he missed about missed out some of the summer. And he says, as a result of my injury, which happened right before I was let out of kindergarten, my mom skimped, uh, scrimped and saved and bought me a Super Nintendo to help entertain me through the summer. It came in good time, because not a year later, we started to move around a lot. While I was okay with making some friends in school, I didn't really have anyone around me to play with. As a result, my best friends became Terra from Final Fantasy VI, Ness of Earthbound, Mega Man, Mario, and of course Donkey Kong. Years later... As I dealt with the adversity in middle school and high school, video games were a welcome solace where I could retreat from my world and pilot an R-Wing or prevent a global thermonuclear war. Looking back, I'm very thankful for, for video games and the opportunities they gave me to cope and heal. I organized an event to support them called Mega Man for Healing, where we played classic Mega Man games for over 60 hours nonstop and raised $4,105 so that they can buy video games and consoles for kids in children's hospitals around the world. Uh, that is just very, very nice to, uh, to hear uh, and like, feels like the original Extra Life in that sense. Kind of extra life on steroids. That's like <laughs> yeah, that's like hours. three extra lives basically in a row. That's that's crazy. That's a yeah. lot of Mega Man. I appreciate the hell out of that though. That's a really cool story. Yeah. Why was why was his list when he listed off the video game characters? Why did he say and of course Donkey Kong? Like why is that like a thing? Like oh every of course everyone's friends with Donkey Kong. Like is that a thing that people think? He's just a nice guy. I'd want to be friends with Donkey Kong. He's he's got your back. I would think something like and of course Pikachu or and of course Kirby, <laughs> but like and of course. Donkey, Donkey Kong. Kong, like he's just the kind of the the guy on the bus that you stay away from. But <laughs> nevertheless, Mike, while I'm uh, while I'm sitting here in my basement waiting for Mega Man Battle Chase Two crossed over with uh, Donkey Kong needs a restraining <laughs> order. Why don't you let listeners know what they can expect next week on episode 121 of the GameCube is Cool podcast? On episode 121, we're going to keep the legacy games rolling right along with the legacy game episode, where we're going to be talking about a lot of games from back in the day like the midway arcade treasures uh, there's also the namco museum games so this is just a bunch of collections for the most part that uh went on the gamecube the gamecube had a lot of collections which is nice to see we don't get that as much anymore uh and uh we're doing it because it's been 50 years well exactly 50 years since pong got released <laughs> if you can believe it neil so basically 50 years of video games uh this november it 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 looks 50. I'll give it that. It's going to be a very meta episode for sure. We're going to be talking about games from back in the day, the Midway games, the Intellivision games, the Namco games. I'm also really excited to talk about some pinball collections from based on pinball tables from back in the day. So yeah, it's going to be a very historic episode. 
It's going to be a very big episode, though. We've got like basically 200 games to talk about if you really want to tally it all up. (laughs) But we're only counting it as about nine. So we've got a lot of work to do. So we better get to bed. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 120 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. Leave us a rating and a review so we can make the show better. You can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube is Cool. All patrons get the show ad free and a little early. Thank you so much to everybody over there. You can head on over to our merch store at tpublic.com. Link to the store is in the episode description. Follow us for free on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and join the weekly conversation on our Discord channel. Share us with your friends and family. Tell Dr. Wiley, Mike says hi. Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. See you later. Bye-bye. GameCube. Over 600 games you've never heard of. GameCube. The product of what happens when you think inside the box. Why did I say let's get to bed when we need to do some work on the podcast? What was that about? <laughs> well, we got to sleep. You know, we got to dream about the Namco Museum and Pong. Mm. We got to dream about playing Pong. Specifically Pong. I only dream about Pong. That's uh, that's a nightmare dream. I can't doop, imagine. Doop, I mean, at one point doop, that was fun. Doop. 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 You lose. <laughs> oh.